Welcome to this week's podcast from Bethesda Church of God in Sumter, South Carolina. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. The word love. People are searching for it. They're searching for the true meaning. There are people that I will be preaching to today that may still be saying, I wish I knew true love. Years ago, I counseled with a man that um, he had been divorced and he remarried. And he came to me and he said, the woman I am married to now is perfect. There's nothing wrong with her in any way, shape, fashion, or form. She is perfect. And so I didn't understand why did he want to speak to me because he said his wife was perfect. He said, when I married her, I never truly loved her. And he said, my heart is broken because she will never experience what real love is because I've not given her true, full love. I've never forgotten that. He said her heart would be broken if she knew I even was talking this. But I wonder how many children have never had true love from a mama or daddy. They go through life, they don't know what to model because they've never experienced true love. I wonder how many marriages that you've just gone through the routine and gone through the motions and, and you never tried to cultivate or develop your love. And I must say to you that if you have not cultivated your love, you probably are selling yourself real short. And then there are those who, they don't know what a real friend is because they've never really known how to be a friend. But Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's also one that will teach you how to love your wife, how to love your husband, how to love your children, how to love your parents, how to love one another. And today, I'm preaching on accessing His Excellency. Now, we've talked about how He is excellent. We've talked about excellence. But having access to His excellence is a different thing. The Word of God tells us in Romans chapter 5 and verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith into his grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. I want everyone to say access. We have access to almighty God. It's unbelievable. I, I have preached it for years. I still can hardly believe that Almighty God will listen to me. I have access to Him. Father God, thank you that we have access. 
And thank you, dear Heavenly Father, because today you have brought us to this place. Now I ask that we would do something with the access that we have. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated. Now, for those of you who haven't figured out that your pastor is weird, I am weird. You don't have to say that behind my back because I know it. I think weird. When I was preparing for this sermon, I was thinking about access. And I've got my cell phone because I thought, well, look here. Wonder if I could call the president of the United States. So I, I, I looked up the number to the White House. And, and I'm going to let you hear. I don't think they'll pick up, but we'll find out. Just a minute. calling the White House comment line. The office is closed. Your comment is important to President Donald J. Trump. Please call back between the hours of 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. Our direct telephone number is 202-456-1111. To leave a... Same message I've gotten every time I've called. So I got a little bit weirder. So I wanted to see if I could get in touch with another person. <laughs> Merry Christmas! This is Santa Claus, and you have reached my personal hotline. We have been... I'm not going to let you hear all of his message, but I couldn't even get access to Santa Claus. I looked up the number for the Queen of England. I've got her number. But when I tried to call it, they said I couldn't access that from my cell phone. I did that today to let you know that there are key figures that we know of, but getting access to them is almost impossible. For someone like me, uh, it would be very, very difficult because the Queen of England wouldn't know me. Donald Trump wouldn't know me. And, and I'm, I'm just saying to you that we, we can't even get access to some of those people. I, I looked up some other numbers of celebrities and, and I didn't want access to them but their numbers were published and I didn't want access to them. But I did this today to let you know that I at least could find a number, but I got a recording. But years ago, I went to an altar and I did something like this. And I said, God, I am sorry of all of my sins. And what happened then is I got access to God Almighty. <laughs> Hallelujah. He heard me. He forgave me of my sins. 
He cleansed me from all unrighteousness. I want to tell you I still have access to him. I have access to him in the morning. I have had access to him since being in his house today. I have had access to him in times of trouble. I've had access to him when everything was going good. I just want to tell you what his phone number is. His phone number is Jeremiah 33 and 3. And it says, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. How many of you have ever called on him and got an answer from the king? King of kings, the Lord of lords, the God of all creation. Hallelujah. Look here. There's a lot of places we can't get access to. Now, I'm talking about Augusta National. Uh, I would absolutely love to go play golf there, but I can't get access to that. There are people, I heard of a guy that he was so rich, he tried to become a member of Augusta National, and they said, no, you don't fit our criteria, and they turned him down. So he went down the road a ways and made a golf course for himself, just went and built one. But yet still, he didn't have access to Augusta National. I, I, I look at the capital of the United States. I told you that, my, that I'm weird. My wife and I, I, Julia might have been with us, but we went to the capital of the United States and there was an open door. We were in the rotunda and there was an open door. So we started walking. We walked for a long time. There were congressmen and senators and we waved at them as we walked by their offices. It was amazing until we walked into the presence of a security guard. And he said, you know you're not supposed to be here. Yep. And I, I, I said something stupid. I said, uh, well, how do you get out of here? And he said, the same way you got in, turn around and get out of here. Thank the Lord he didn't handcuff us, but he let us walk out. But we found out we did not have access. We pay tax dollars, but we don't have access to certain parts of it. Come on now. We don't have access. We even lock our phones. So if I... And, and just a little side note, if you ever lay your phone or your iPad down and Howie Owens gets to pick it up, you're gonna have pictures of things that you are going to be amazed at because if, if you don't have it locked, Howie will use it. <laughs> Come on. We don't have access to bank vaults after hours. And if you get access after hours, you're going to jail. I wanted to tell you what we hold dear to make access to things. We, we hold those in awe. Now, if I told you 
hey, I've got access and I've, I'm going to the capital of the United States and, and I'm going to address the Senate and the House of Representatives, you might go, wow. And you'd probably go, how? Right? Because we hold that in awe. But somehow we don't hold in awe that the God who made everything gave us access to him. We can drop names. It's one thing for me to drop a name. But do we really get excited about dropping that name? I'm connected with him. Oh, how he loves me. He loves me. He gave himself for me. He gave his only begotten son for me. I have access to him in the noon, at night, in the good times, in the bad times. I have access to him. Now I want to tell you that I'm rejoicing, but there's a lot of folks that do not have access to him. He offers it, but something blocks them. Now, the book of John chapter 9, verse 31, I think it is, says, and we know that God heareth not sinners. So if, if there's sin in your life, there is something keeping you from having access to Almighty God. I've had people say, oh, I know God hears me when I pray, and they're sinners, sinners, sinners. God made it very plain. He does not listen to sinners. You, are, you have something blocking you. And that's why you need to make sure today that there is nothing blocking your access to God. Because if you ever needed the Lord before, as the songwriter put it, you sure do need him now. Now, what happened, what blocked human beings from God? It was sin. Adam and Eve sinned, therefore creating a veil or a barrier between God and his wonderful creation. The creation he made in his own image. When Adam and Eve sinned, it put a veil, it put a barrier. And what is sin? See, there's a lot of people... They're a sinner, and they don't even know what sin is. Sin is not a mistake. Someone hear that today. Sin is not a mistake. See, we have a lot of folks who go, I, I just made a mistake. No, sin is a corrupter. Sin is dangerous. Sin is a killer. Sin is a destroyer. Uh, and, and so we don't just sin accidentally. The Bible says that we sin when we are drawn away of our own lust. The devil can't make you sin. Uh, the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. He tempted you to do it. You did it because you wanted to do it. Come on now. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. When that person cut you off in traffic and you spoke words that were vile, the devil didn't make you do that. The devil didn't come grab your tongue and say, here, say that. 
You did it because you wanted to cuss. When you treated your wife like dirt, you treated her like dirt because you wanted to. Someone say amen. Come on now. When you cheated on your income tax, you did it because you wanted to. Come on now. When you lied, you stole whatever that you did, you did it because you wanted to, and the whole time it was creating a barrier between you and God. The whole time it was putting something where you couldn't get through. See, Adam and Eve, uh, I want to tell you what sin looked like. Sin looked like hiding. Adam and Eve sinned, and they were hiding. They knew that they had done wrong, and God, God knew where they were, but they, he, he said, Adam, where are you? They were hiding because sin will bring shame and reproach, tear you down. Here's folks that had a one-on-one -on -one walking relationship with Almighty God, but now they find themselves hiding because they have sinned. Sin will separate what is sin? Sin is a willful, knowledgeable transgression against God. Adam and Eve didn't do anything that they didn't want to do. They did it because they were tempted and they fell into temptation. What does sin look like? It looks like lying. Adam... Why'd you do that? Well, the woman you gave me. If you wouldn't have given me that woman, I wouldn't have had a problem. Guys have been using that ever since. When Eve was asked if, oh, okay, God, you created a snake if you wouldn't have created a snake, I wouldn't have fell into temptation. It was the snake, the serpent, that did it. I want to tell you one of the most liberating things that can ever happen is when you own up to your own sin. Own up to it. I'm going to have to move along quicker in this message, but I want you to understand something very important. One of the most liberating things to me is when I learn to go and say this, I'm sorry, I was wrong. It doesn't hurt you. It doesn't kill you. Look at your wife sometime when you're wrong and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Look at your husband. Look at your children. Look at your boss man or boss woman, whatever the case may be. Sometimes we're wrong. And when we're wrong, own up to it. Adam and Eve. I want to tell you that sin looked like death. And God clothed Adam and Eve and he did that by killing an animal and taking the hide of the animal and covering Adam and Eve. So sin brought forth not only the death of an animal, but the, God said in the day that you sit, uh, eat of the fruit, you will die. And he was talking about spiritual death. And, and so death came. What does sin do? It separates, it embarrasses, it kills, it destroys, it steals. And, and where man and woman used to walk uninhibited with God, now a veil is placed and they're not able to walk 
with God like they once did. But let's go a little bit further here and look because uh, Moses is having now an encounter with God. I want you to see that Moses, he, he, he was raised by the Egyptians, but he fled because he had killed a man and he, he went and he was now watching, watching his father-in-law's herd and he's on the backside of a mountain and on the backside of the mountain, he turned and saw a bush that was burning, but it was not being consumed. Now God is communicating with Moses one-on-one. -on -one. I want you to look here where God had been meeting with Adam and Eve. Now God begins to meet individually with people. Now look here. If the church don't want to hear from God, you still hear from God. If your family doesn't want to hear from God, you still hear from God. If the whole world wants to go, as they say, to hell in a handbasket, you don't go. You hear from God. Hear from God about what house to buy. Hear from God about what car to drive. Hear from God about what woman to marry. Hear from God about what job to take. Hear from God, and when you hear from God, things turn out right. But Moses is at this mount and the bush is burning and God says, take off your shoes, you are on holy ground. And God begins to speak to him. Now, sometime later, I want you to hear this. Sometime later, Moses has now led the people out of bondage. A lot of the story has transpired and Moses has been at this mountain. Now God leads the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage and he brings them back to that mountain. This time, not just a bush is on fire, but this time the mountain is on fire. All throughout this time, God had been speaking individually. Numbers of times from the fall of man from the fall of man until this point, God had spoken to people like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob one-on-one. -on -one. God had spoken to Moses one-on-one. -on -one. But now the story changes. At this point in time, God is now saying, I want to speak to the group again. I want to have a relationship with my church or with my people and, and so he gathers them at the mountain and the mountain is aflame with the glory of God I want you to get a picture of this I've never seen it but can you just imagine this mountain with the glory of God flaming and the Bible says the smoke is ascending off of the mountain and God is hidden behind uh, the the, uh, the the smoke and, and the Bible says that in uh, Exodus chapter um, 19, let me turn there real quick because I, I, I want to read this to you. Exodus chapter 19, it says, And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the nether part of the mount, and Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke. Because the Lord descended upon it 
in fire and the smoke thereof descended as the smoke of a furnace and the whole mount quaked greatly. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long, when God began to speak, it sounded like a trumpet blasting and, and, and it waxed louder and louder and Moses spake and God answered him by a voice. And, and, and while this sounds like a God encounter, I mean, this sounds like a, a Brownsville revival back in the Old Testament. It sounds like, hey, let's all go because the mountain is on fire and God is speaking to people. The trumpets are blasting and it's like nothing we've ever seen before. God is talking. And what do the people do? They look at Moses and they say, you go talk to him. We'll stay right here and let you go and we'll listen to you. I can't, I, when I read that, I want to tell you it did something in my spirit. That God was given a one-on-one -on -one invitation. But how many times on a Sunday do we come to the house of God and God is saying, I want to speak to my people. I want to interact with my people. I want to show you great and mighty things. I want to give you gifts and, and, and supply your need according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Yet still, we let someone else get the blessing, and we sit back and say, it's too spiritual for me. Oh, God, help me right there. That's too spiritual for me. Once they start the trumpets, we don't do trumpets at our church. Come on now. We, we don't have fire at our church. As for this God speaking to us, and look here, we have churches in our world today that will tell you that God doesn't speak to people now. God doesn't come to church and speak to people. That's what they say. I just here, I'm here to beg, not beg to differ, I'm here to differ. I want to make you understand and I want to understand the fact is this, that I come to church, I want him to hear from me and I want to hear from him. I want to hear from God. Now, now here's my point. Look here, we have wonderful Sunday school teachers but uh, that, that's not good enough for me. I, I don't want you to ever put enough trust in me that I'm your only mouthpiece from God. I don't want you to say, well, I'll listen to what the preacher says because look here, the people, it didn't work back then and it won't work today. Hear me. Now, Moses was anointed. This is not to cut down Moses, but what they were saying is you go have a close relationship and we'll get the residual. I just want to tell you, I don't want you to get all the blessing. In fact, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm just going to put it out like it is. I'm stingy. I want to get the best blessing. I want to get the premium blessing. 
I, 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 look here. I don't want to stand in line and get the leftovers. I want to be right there in the middle of it. Speak to me, Lord. Touch me, Lord. Let me hear your voice, Lord. I've got access to you, and I want to take full advantage of it. Second hand is good, but it's not the best. Come on now. Oh, Lord, help me right now. We've got a lot of folks that have access to Almighty God, but they're not taking advantage of it. Pastor, you hear from God, and whatever you hear, that's what we'll do. Well, praise God that you're a willing follower, but I just must tell you that in the midnight hour, you might not be able to get in touch with the pastor. Come on, while you're on vacation, you might be hundreds of miles away where I can't get to you. And look here, even if I could get to you, I'm not your healer. I'm not your miracle worker. I'm not your sign giver. You have access to God. You have access to the throne of grace and we must cherish it. How do we access him? We access him through a simple thing called prayer. And, and, oh, I praise God for, for our hedge prayer meeting, and it's growing, and people are coming. And I want you to be a part of that every Tuesday night at 7. It's important. It's very important. But prayer must be a premium in our life. So here they are now, and they're saying, you go, we'll wait, and we'll listen. But their response is not good enough. How sad that God is wanting a close relationship and yet still we're rejected. Now when I was in college, at that time the way the roads were, it, it was about a, a hard four hour trip from where I went to college to get back home. And, and I was dating Jackie. My last class, I, I, I had it all planned out. I would load up my vehicle the night before. My last class, I would get out somewhere around two in the afternoon on Friday. By 2.10, I was in my vehicle. I knew that if I, if I sped four hours, I would be in Charleston. Four hours, I could get over to where a girl named Jackie Hodges lived. Four hours. I couldn't wait for those four hours and I hurriedly got there. Now I just wanna tell you I had an alternative. The alternative was a payphone. Some young people here don't know what a payphone is. You pay for these phones also but I'm talking about a real payphone. I want to tell you something that alternative was to go put coins in there and talk to her. Now, I, I could hear her voice and I could imagine what she was looking like, but it wasn't the same. I couldn't, look here, I could hug that telephone receiver all I wanted to, but it didn't feel like hugging my girlfriend. Come on now. 
Some of us have had a long distance relationship from God where we've heard how good it is. We've heard how good he can bless us, but we've done it long distance. I want to tell you, put the phone down, get in the vehicle, get to the place where you can say, Lord, here I am. I want to have a one-on-one access with you. I want you to touch me like nobody else. Andre Crouch put it this way, can't nobody do me like Jesus. Do you understand what I'm preaching today? He healed my body. He saved my soul. I want to tell you there's nobody can do me like Jesus. Come on now. Give him praise in this house. So here's the deal. It goes on to, there's a wilderness tabernacle, if you'll put that up. The very back of that picture there is the Holy of Holies. See, there was an entrance gate and, and there was a place where uh, the, the, the brazen altar, brass altar, or bronze altar rather, and, and, and the bronze laver, and they had uh, in it, there was also the candlesticks, and, and, and so all of that people could access. But behind that structure at the back is where the Ark of the Covenant was. In that Ark was uh, the Ten Commandments and, 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 uh, and, and Aaron's rod and, and some manna. And and God said, nobody can get in there except the high priest. Now, let me just tell you what that would mean. In this situation today, I would be classified the high priest. So I would get to go get a blessing. I would get to go in there and encounter the presence of God. Then I'd get to come out and tell you how good that was. You know what that's like? Watching someone else eat an ice cream sundae. And then telling you how good it was. Mmm, don't you hate it when there's only one. And they're eating it, and it's running down their chin. They've got chocolate. And you're going, I'd like to have some of that. Well, there's only one. There's a lot of folks that they go to church, and they let the preacher do all the worship. And they just sit there. Come on. Now I'm getting ready to meddle. Amen. Preacher, we don't have that in our intellectual society. Oh, yes, we do. We have it all over our world. There'll be a preacher that'll get up and tell them when to stand up, when to sit down, when to praise, when to, when to do whatever. And if you do not do it in their order, there will be someone that will tap you and escort you out. Come on. 
If you feel like raising your hand, there'll be someone who'll look at you and tell you, we don't do that here because he's the only one gets to talk. He's the only one gets to move. He's the only one that gets to speak. I'm here today to tell you that God doesn't want it. That wasn't God's plan. That isn't how God designed it. God wants his people. God wants his people to worship. I'm glad to be a part of a church that if you want to say hallelujah, you can say hallelujah. I'm glad to be a part of a church that if you want to clap your hands, as the Bible says, clap your hands and shout with the voice of triumph. I'm glad you can do that and someone won't kick you out. Come on, come on, help me, help me. I'm glad when the spirit gets to moving and Julia looks over at the band and lets them know, she gives them the signal, we're gonna sing some more of this because we're led by the Spirit. We're gonna flow in the Spirit. We're communicating with our God and our God is communicating back. Why do we repeat choruses? It's not just so that we can repeat choruses and take up time. It's because we are communicating upward and all of a sudden we're starting to feel something come back. What that is is God saying, come here just a minute. That's where God is saying, oh, he's worshiping. I'm gonna touch him. I'm gonna bless him. I'm gonna pour out something on him. I want to tell you that's how it works. When we worship, we get access to him. And when we get access to him, God never fails in giving back more than we give. This right here was ritualistic. Uh, it, It was going through the motions. Like I said, eating an ice cream. Go get a haircut for me. I I want to be present. I want to be there. Yet still, people do it week after week, month after month, year after year. The Bible says they have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. Come on, y'all help me. I'm about to close for the first time. We have people Sunday after Sunday that go through their rituals. They're satisfied with looking from the outside. Wonder what it's like. Wonder what it's like to get into the presence of God in the Holy of Holies. And and the high priest comes out and someone walks up to him and says, tell me, What's it like in there? Even with his description, it's not going to be as good as being in there. Uh, Let me get back to the ice cream. They're eating it. What does it taste like? Oh, my goodness. This is some of the best chocolate I've ever had in all my life. Mmm, glory to God. Those walnuts. Those walnuts. Oh, hallelujah. This must be fresh, homemade ice cream. And, and I, I started imagining homemade ice cream and chocolate, but it's still not as good as if it's in my mouth. I don't want to hear. 
I, I get happy when you tell me what God did for you, but I want God to do it for me. I want God to come to where I am. I want to have access to him one-on-one, -on -one. hallelujah. Satisfied. Now listen, but now we have access. The blood of Jesus Christ broke through. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, I told you earlier that there was a veil that was created, a barrier when Adam and Eve sinned. And to get into the, the, the modern day temple, they now have elaborated this. It's even more secluded than this. And, and, and so when the high priest went into the high place, the holy of holies in Jesus' day, he had to go through a curtain or around the curtain. Uh, people vary in, in, in historically. So these numbers may not be exact, but they're close. Uh, they, they said that uh, the curtain would have been of the tabernacle would have been uh, like 20 feet wide and 80 feet tall and about four inches thick. It, it is reported by historians that it, it would weigh over a ton. I, I mean, we're talking about a major curtain. They are saying, you don't get in there. Jesus was on the cross and he said, it is finished. Blood had been coming out of his hands, out of his forehead, out of his side, out of his feet. Blood, not just any blood, but the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And when he cried, it is finished, the Bible says he gave up the ghost. He died. When he did, the hand of God took that, that curtain. And the Bible says from the top of the curtain down, it was rent in two. It wasn't torn by man. It was torn by Almighty God. Tore it open. And people, for the first time, were able to look inside and see what the Holy of Holies looked like. What God was saying, my Lord, I feel the presence of God in this place. What God was saying is, I am inviting you. Whosoever will, let them come. Whosoever will, let them come. Whosoever will, you don't have to be the high priest. You can be, oh, help me out, help me out, folks, help me. You can be that ex-drug addict, that ex-alcoholic, that ex-wife beater, that old mean, honorary mom or dad. You can be a low-down scum that Jesus Christ took his blood and cleaned you up and you get access into that place. We have access. We have access to his throne. Hallelujah. 
Oh, God, help us. Come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. So here we are. Here we are. Rich young ruler came to Jesus. What must I do to keep the commandments? All of those I've done from my childhood up. Jesus said, then go sell all that you have and give it to the poor. I want you to understand, Jesus wasn't telling us that we had to be poor, that we didn't have to have, we couldn't have money. But he knew that what was ruling this rich young ruler wasn't him, it was money. It was keeping him from having access. On our money, we say in God we trust. But I'm afraid there's a lot of people who say in George we trust. In Abe, we trust. In Thomas, we trust. So here they are. They're at this place. The veil is torn in two. But there is access. There's access. We have access, the Bible says, now we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Josh, come back over here real quick. Josh is going to represent God. Y'all listen to this. There's so many people that don't understand that God has invited you. He wants you to have a relationship with him. So there's people, they think that this is the only way they can approach God. So Josh, you represent God. Oh God, if you can look on a worm like me, you're afraid to ask, you're afraid to approach because you're still thinking like a sinner. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus, but it washed my sins away. Listen. I got covered. I got access. And God said, now boldly approach. Now boldly doesn't mean cocky, arrogant, self-righteous. But it means my best friend, God, here I am. I need you. Touch me, Lord. Embrace me, God. Supply my need, Lord. And when you get inside, you get access. God might ask you questions like, tell me, Tell me what's hurting you, son. He already knows, but God, 
I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. God, I've been having a pain in my back. God, my business isn't doing well. God, what can we do about it? And then if I'll be quiet, he'll tell me, he'll tell me inside information because he knows what tomorrow is. My Lord God, someone received that. He knows what my situation is. And, and before I leave, he'll touch my back. Before I leave, he'll supply all of my need according to his riches and glory because I have access to him. And then it goes like this, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. Hallelujah. I want to tell you today, we have access to the throne room of God. Ask what you will, and it shall be done. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope that you were inspired to live a life of purpose for Jesus Christ. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. God bless.